This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Forever. Dog. Do not go gentle into that good night. Poetry, I feel, is a tyrannical discipline. I was trying to tell a story. The book came to me in a sort of a haze. This is how to write a good short story. No hope, just booze and madness. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness. Now, lend me your ears. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Literati, a podcast for, by, and about stuff. I mean, specifically, we're a podcast about books and writing, but we found that to be a little limiting, so now we're rebranding to be more vague. Yes, we made the age-old mistake of narrowing in on a topic that, frankly, no one likes. So now, we decided to talk about something that everyone likes. Stuff. Oh, I love stuff. I can't get enough of that stuff. Same here. I'm constantly buying stuff, eating stuff, and doing sex stuff. I'm literally made of stuff. And you know, one of my favorite stuffs is books. And now we just subtly slip back into it. Easy does it. Easy does it. When people think of writers, they imagine tweed jackets, smoking pipes, and spectacles. But writing isn't just old-timey recluses wearing boring clothes. That's right. Technology has affected the lives of authors, and instead of fighting it, we here at Literati have decided to embrace it. And I made a hug I made a That's hug really gesture. cute, Colin. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I feel warm. Yeah. We've embraced it so much so that we're now trying to get robots to do our jobs for us. Yeah, we would. that would make things a lot easier. The worst part about writing is thinking of things and typing. And so we thought, what if there's a really great AI, which stands for artificial eye, out there that can sort of do some of that thinking, uh, and then we can be free to do important stuff like laundry and cheating on our loved ones. So... We looked it up, and that already exists. There's oh, great. a number of really great uh, websites and, and AIs and bots out there where all you need to do is, is write in a sim- simple prompt, and a, a modern neural network will complete your text. Oh, great. So wait, you j- so... How, like, how is it that finishes a sentence or a paragraph? It'll write or? a whole paragraph. So oh, wow. you can go to, you can look up talktotransformer.com. This is a real one. We're not sponsored. In fact, <laughs> we might not even be supposed to be doing this online. <laughs> and it will take what you write. So, uh, what, you know what? Enough talking. Why don't I just tell you? So, call me Ishmael. We all know that. Famous first line of Moby Dick. Let me type that in. And now, Moby Dick, I don't think that's a great book. It's pretty long. Um, I think a whale is not the most interesting animal you could base it around. Let's see if this AI can come up with something better. So right now, it is thinking. And um, I probably should have hit start earlier so it would have all this time to... Oh, here we go. Call me Ishmael. I'm a slave, sir. I am your slave. Okay, this is not a great start. Second line, I'm not a slave, a man who looked to be in his 20s said. I don't have a master to be your slave. And then this is all dialogue. Next line, I do not understand. 
New line. I'm a slave. I'm a slave. <laughs> okay. An elderly figure stepped forward, his face red. I am a slave. I have no master but you. A woman in a light blue dress walked by holding an umbrella that she had lifted and was now swinging. The woman called her by her name. The slave are all slaves. Okay, so I'm going to call, let's just call quits on that one. Not the best. I think that maybe Moby Dick has that built. And just for anybody listening, this isn't a pre-written joke. This is us letting a... <clears throat> yeah, an AI uh, yeah. complete a so sentence. So far, that first one is a case for us to not let the robots take over. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's try another one. <laughs> Colin, did you uh, maybe this sentence from uh, Tolstoy? Oh, yeah. I uh so why don't we would you mind plugging in sure. happy families are all alike. Every <laughs> unhappy family is okay. unhappy in its own way. I am so afraid that the first line is going to be I'm a slave. It's I'm not. Slave. It's not. But this is doing something really weird where each paragraph is numbered. So this is a really weird looking list. So happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. That's what you plugged in. Yep. Two, you don't have to believe everything you hear because you are not alone. Three, you can have faith in God's infinite love. He forgives every wrong person and every wrong action in his plan. It goes on for a while. A lot of God stuff. Four, you don't have to believe people are born evil. Five, people do change and change is good. I like this. Six, people do change and change is good. Okay, I think that's, at first it seems like a mistake, but I think it's kind of brilliant to have two lines about change the exact same right next to each other. Seven, you can make people see the truth about ourselves. We do change and love is a big part of it. And eight, this is the last one, there is no sin you can't get past. That's just how the world is. Just remember the words from Revelation 16.10, do not fear those who kill the body but are not. And that's where it ends. I can't figure out what, like what, like what, is the is this program like latching onto and then like just running with like like I, it's yeah. very strange. Yeah. Well, let's try. Okay, those are big famous ones. Maybe <laughs> the machine was all confused by like um, these lines that are probably out there a lot in the in the artificial uh-huh. consciousness. So yeah. I'm going to try one. The bird landed on Emily's shoulder as the sun shone down. And that's uh, Wuthering Heights, or that's just one no, you making just up? One I okay, made up. gotcha. But thank okay. you for attributing yeah. it. So. It, com- it, it The bird landed on Emily's shoulder as the sun shone down. He grinned widely and held out his hand. You're welcome, you little shit. <laughs> no. Emily looked at her feet for a moment before reaching out and taking the boy's thumb. What boy? And they both sat up straight. The boy held her hand and her eyes drifted in and out for a moment as his thumb was pressed to her hand. Emily smiled happily and reached behind her to hold the boy's hand. Did you do the same to me, she whispered. The man nodded. You look a lot like him, he said. I like that. Well, it would be nice if you took me home, she teased as she looked back at him. The boy sighed a little and looked over at his mother. She was right. You're much more familiar. You lived here your whole life, you know. It's just that you could never talk at home, Emily teased. And don't you think it would be better if I could go to school? Okay. What? That's, I will say, for the record, that is better than a lot of the things I've written. Uh, yeah. Weird. I'm like, yeah. I'm, I thought I'm this would be dumb. funny and goofy, but it's just kind of strange. Isn't yeah, it? I'm like, yeah, I'm like finding myself uh, uh, just sort of dumbfounded. I think a it's bit. because since yeah. it's not a human, since it's an AI, yeah. there's not quite enough to make sense of there. So it's sort of yeah. like looking at an abstract painting that's just too much colors yeah. and not enough lily pads. I think the most frustrating thing is I can't ask anyone any questions mm-hmm. about, about this. That's true. Now, Colin, why don't you give me one more final one, a very maybe a very short. Very short sentence? Yeah. Uh, okay. Can you uh, just give me three words? Okay. Let's go... Cup wine candle. 
cup wine can okay well we're pushing it because this is just random words but oh, i wait, love do you that. wanted you want them to be in no, a no i like it okay. cup wine candle a simple cup of coffee candle use the kitchen for warming up a simple cup <laughs> a simple cup of water candle an easy way to use tea kettles when you're using your oven a tiny lamp that turns the led lights off when you're done cooking so you won't be disturbed a candle holder this is a poem a mini platter filled with your favorite chocolate chip cookie dough a cute little candle made to look like some little girl but is really just an ordinary oil lamp with a few nice touches the mini candle holder another small candle holder with a few features tiny candles from kukli cords <laughs> a really really adorable candle a cute lighted candle holder that doesn't take up too much space in the kitchen a tiny candle holder for your car or van a lighted candle holder for when you're in a hurry a cute little candle that lights up the kitchen when you get so i think that, that might be my favorite one <laughs> i think that uh we should start using this to write our novels for us line a by line cute little coffee candle was the first line of cute that. little coffee candle <laughs> well speaking of wow. intelligence uh our guest today yeah. is, there's nothing artificial no, about sir, her yeah. intelligence she is in her 60s if you can believe it and writes young adult fiction about teens with and you're never going to believe this terminal illnesses someone's got to and not only that, she's written 70 young adult novels, wow. including her most recent, Angels Die of So Much Love. Oh. And we are so excited, thrilled to have her here today. Laura Lee Desiree. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh. Thank you for being Pleasure here, Laura Lee. What yeah. an intro. <laughs> how, how, uh, how has your journey to our studio been? How does today find you? Today finds me well and uh, satiated in every way oh. and ready to speak with two great young minds. Oh, oh well, you said it, not <laughs> us. But I just want to say right off the bat, I'm so glad that an older person is writing young adult fiction because I hate when young people write young adult fiction because it's it's like you're too close to they it. There's no, no perspective. perspective. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're finishing each other's sentences. I know, oh. same wavelength, mm. the two of us. Mm. Um, so today, what are you going to be reading from? Is it, is it this latest work? It is uh, this latest work. It's mm. uh, I'm going to be reading a brief passage from chapter eight of my latest novel, which is titled Young Angels Die of So Much Love. What a beautiful title. Thank you. Um, most of my scary. titles, you know, I've been critiqued for having too many titles that are too similar to one another. Mm -hmm. Many of them contain variations on the themes of love, death, youth. Angels. Uh, angels. But it's important for young people to have a place to go where they can process trauma. Sure. And and I want the, the my books to be that place mm -hmm. i am not certified in any way i have no counseling degree i you know my expertise is the writing i do the. i wake yeah. up i i shop on amazon i do the writing i mean some people go to therapy to talk to a therapist some people read a book to cry and isn't that the same thing it's the same thing you can find wisdom anywhere if you're looking for it wisdom can look like anything you spill a sack of scrabble letters on a table yeah. and you'll find some wisdom there yeah. I mean, we and just, I don't know if you were listening. Yeah, how many but, letters is that? That'd be oh. good if you found that'd one be a pretty good word. score. Yeah, no, yeah. wisdom, the word wisdom, oh, yeah, if that's you true. like throw, throw scrabble of letters out oh, there. Oh, yeah, so if you get that on the right spots on the board, oh, yeah. you're looking you at really, uh, triple you know. letter yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Laura Lee, we are so excited to hear this excerpt. Um, the stage is yours. Thank you. I'm uh, used to doing a reading for a live audience, so if I, I, 
I pause in, you know, dramatic places. Don't, you know. Do you just, want us to do like uh, labored breathing or any oh, claps or anything? And, well, any crying you're moved to do, please okay, sure. do. Jessa lay still on the hospital bed, her breathing shallow. McBrennigan touched her arm and felt the chill of death sweep through his fingertips as the hollow beep of the monitor trilled in his ear. The cancer, he thought, it's here to stay. He took a seat in the chair by the window, wiping away a tear. The last few months had seemed too good to be true, and now he knew why. Jessa had cancer. It was unfair because she was so young. He recalled the first time he'd ever seen her, on the slip and slide at Camp Christ, her long ponytail flying behind her as she threw caution to the wind, slipping and sliding. How much longer would she still have a ponytail? McBrennigan wondered. The chemotherapy was starting to take its toll on her gorgeous young hair. Jess's nurse entered the room and seemed surprised to see McBrennigan there. How are you holding up, young man? The nurse asked sympathetically. All of this must be pretty hard on you. McBrennigan nodded in that way that people who are very young and yet have been through so much already have. As she checked Jess's vitals, the nurse continued, Son, you should get out of here and get some sleep. You're 17 years old. You're a star football quarterback. You're supposed to be taking your girlfriend to the homecoming dance, using your new driver's license, hanging out with your friends. You're not supposed to be in a hospital room. You're too young to have to be this strong. McBrennigan knew the nurse was right. Anger welled in his chest and he screamed, God damn cancer, as he punched the hapless teddy bear sitting at Jess's bedside. Then he began to cry. The nurse dropped her clipboard and hugged him close. Weeping openly into her arms, McBrennigan shook with emotion. When he came up for air, the nurse stroked his cheek and said, Take care of yourself, McBrennigan. You hear? She left the room and McBrennigan reached into his bag to pull out a notebook. In addition to being a football quarterback, he was the editor-in-chief of the high school literary magazine. Without thinking, he began to write, feverishly, never stopping, every memory he had of himself and Jessa. Camp Christ, the dock down by the lake, the dance under the stars, fireflies in the twilight, the cornhole, every precious moment of their young lives. He had to write it all, let her know what she meant to him before it was too late, due to cancer. Wow. I almost don't want to say anything to disturb the sacred silence that we have. Just let it sit. And I run into that, you know, I run into that feeling a lot at a lot of Barnes and Nobles. (sighs) Wow. Laura Lee, that's some heavy stuff. I'm glad that someone is 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 writing this for the kids, but I also have to say that you know uh, immediately I'm not a parent, but I like to tell parents what they should do. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in, and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. 
You are not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up and listening through your app. Is this too much for our young children's minds? You know, a lot of people have asked me that. And, you know, to them, I, I point out the recent trend in young adult films and uh-huh. literature, you know, that sells very well. Can I guess? I think shows that the teens have a, a thirst for this material. Spider-Man? Is that what you're talking about? I, you know, I wasn't thinking. I'm sure if you gave me a moment, I could think of a way that, you know... Loss of terminal it's, illness. It's, it's kind it is of a, a disease, disease that he has sure. all those webs inside. Is it terminal? <laughs> That's my specialty. So yeah, oh, but you know, okay. fault in our stars, isn't that? You yeah. know, sort oh, of young yeah. people. I was thinking yeah. about this. This did remind me a little bit of fault in our oh, stars. Well, I was yeah. doing this before and John Green was in diapers. Fault so. in our fault in our stars is the one where uh, I've never read where, it. I refuse. Where uh, there's the. Uh, Upside down kiss with Kirsten Dunst. Is that Fault in Our Stars? You know, I wouldn't know because I avoid it. Where, okay. It is a very popular one. I think there is an upside down kiss between a man who has the powers of a spider and Kirsten Dunst. It sounds to me like you're describing Spider-Man. But there's also a character uh, who has terminal cancer and falls in love. And they're sort of like, well, what's the point of love with all this Mm. cancer? And you're saying that these two, this work and your work are completely no, unrelated. No, completely separate. I mean, you know, if if he borrowed from me, I can't help that. And God love him. Who wouldn't? You know, mm-hmm. I've been at this for so long. You know, I could breathe it. I eat eat it, breathe it, sleep it. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, and uh, what was the 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 name of the the was it McBrennan or what was it? McBrennigan. McBrennigan. I, I love see. That. I resonated a lot with that character because I had a very it sounded a lot like my high school experience. Mm. Not so much the uh, star football quarterback or the being the editor-in-chief of the school magazine or oh. having a girlfriend or having to deal with anything uh, tra- uh, traumatic. It's just that I uh, went to high school, and so I just resonated a lot with You that. know, it's like we were speaking about earlier. You you throw an experience out, and mm-hmm. people will take what they want from mm-hmm. it. And so it seems like you mm-hmm. have taken I like, oh, I remember high from your mediocre I, high school career. Relate You've to related this. to this yeah. extraordinary I, character. Mediocre is a little... I'm so sorry. Gracious. He was definitely below that. I would say subpar (laughs) from what I've heard and what I've read in the yearbook. I've read every yearbook of Collins High School. And they're good reading. Good reading. And he comes across as a sort of. A cab? Um, an extra. Oh, an yeah. extra. Uh, no, but uh, I, I, I was voted most likely to have their picture cut from the yearbook if there wasn't enough space. So, I mean. Yeah, that's true. Uh, pretty cool. You were that re- is yeah, remembered it's a good way in to some get remembered. way. Now, I I also connected with McBrennigan. I think it's just something about having um a male character in a book just lets me sort of see myself, and mm. I suddenly say I am a hero. I have a unique perspective on the world, and j- this character, I I can suddenly relate to everything because I see myself mirrored and. That's why I think it's so important for every piece of media to have something like that for me to yes. latch on to. I, I would agree. All my novels are about white heterosexual couples, uh, <laughs> one of whom, have, one or more of whom have some sort of illness. I was pretty uh, thrilled. What was the name of the, 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 the character with, with cancer again? Jessa. Jessa. I was pretty thrilled to hear that she had terminal cancer. I was like, she's not going to be around too much longer in this book. It's just going to be about this McBrennigan. 
Rick Brennigan mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. And well, then, I can't spoil for those. Oh, you know, oh, I'd yeah. love I'd love for folks to uh, to hop on my website, lauraleadesiree.com and buy and buy the book. So wow, you do, got the domain. That's awesome. I got the domain. You know, Laura Lee is not as common a first name as a lot of people seem to think it is. We had a lot of trouble getting you through security here because mm-hmm. um, obviously Forever Dog has a very, we're on the 30th floor and there's, you know, you have to sign in with the front desk, you mm-hmm. have to sign in with the security, you have to go up mm-hmm. through the uh, elevators. It is, it is, it is a 29 floor building and then we have a tree on the roof mm-hmm. and that's the tree house is our floor and because I it's kind that. of a cool creative space yeah. mm-hmm. um and we spelled it laurally like quietly mm-hmm. the ly and that's not correct now i i just want to know so hmm you said that you kind of use these themes you mm. talk about terminal illness a lot so uh, what are some of the other things that you've tackled could i i'd love to get a, a sense of of your work and how are there McBrennigans in a lot of your novels? Are mm. there Jessas in a lot of your novels? Not by name, but you know, uh, in trope, in archetype, absolutely promising young people who have their beautiful lives cut short by a disease. Um, other common themes I would say include horseback riding. Mm. You know, there's, um, I grew I up myself in, in, I was born in Philadelphia, but I, I then, but you know, by the grace of God, moved to Tennessee. So I, you know, I love the American South and to me it's the finest place to come of age. So there's, you know, a lot of swamp, swamps, swamp riding, you know, dune buggies. A lot of swamp riding. Yes. I will say one of the biggest criticisms uh, your writing has has received over Mm. the years is that it's either the subject matter is so incredibly heavy, Mm. like about a teen dying of a terminal illness, or... It's completely no story at all, just about horseback riding mm. for 300 pages. It's like Seabiscuit, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, but like nothing None happened. of the racing. Yeah, and and well, you know, to that to that end, I would say we referenced Moby Dick earlier. I mean, if we want to talk about a great work of literature that's only about one thing for hundreds of pages at a time, we're yeah. whale hunting, so I don't understand why. Yeah. You know what? That's true. You know, yeah. when a woman does it about horseback yeah. riding, it's, uh, you know, all of a sudden... There, perhaps there is a double standard here. Thank you. <laughs> okay. But. I would like to be thought of as the Herman Melville of the South, American South, who is a woman who is exclusively writing about teenagers with uh, diseases that cannot be cured. And that is in the about the author that you've, Thank you've you. put on, yes, on the books. Yeah. I saw that you read that. <laughs> um, I had a question. When McBrennigan was sort of remembering all these high school experiences, mm-hmm. there's one that kind of jumped out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cornhole. Mm. Is that one specific cornhole or is that all of the cornholing that he's done over the years? It's all of the cornhole. Mm. When you think about the quintessential American teenage experience, you're at a summer camp yeah. out under the stars and the kids love to play cornhole. It's oh. it's a game. It's yeah. timeless. You can play it if you're rich. You can play it if you're poor. <laughs> You don't need hardly any materials besides some wooden boards with a hole in them for the corn. And something to chuck. And something to throw. Okay. See, I was confused. I thought cornhole, that was a Civil War battle. The Battle of Cornhole, I thought. I thought, oh. is that not right? Well, not that I know. Okay. There Definitely was a not in this Revolutionary War general no? okay. named Cornwallis. Ah, yes, Cornwallis. <laughs> and maybe okay. you were thinking of... Believe Cornhole and Cornwallis are yeah, very Yeah, I do similar. get the two mixed mm-hmm. up. Okay, fair enough. Um, Colin also confuses Andrew Jackson with playing jacks. <laughs> yeah, where you drop the ball silly. and you scoop up the yeah. jacks. It's, uh, yeah, he got hit in the head pretty hard. 
Oh my stuff God. Gets it's not, mixed. Now I'd love to talk to you about that. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Hitting uh, the head at what age? Uh, and how so, hard? And uh, what? 10. Mm. 16. Ooh. 24. Oh my God. Well, you, you've already survived much longer than most of my protagonists. I'll tell you that yeah. much right now. <laughs> I have a pretty thick skull. Wow. Uh, uh, there That's is, putting it nicely. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's like no room. There's no room for brain. Mm. It's mostly just skull. It's, it's yeah. yeah, it's like one yeah. of those. Uh, it's like when you know you, uh, pistachio shells that you open up and yeah. there's nothing inside, and you're like, what the heck? I, yeah, such a it's like when you yeah. get one of those like really strong, like an OtterBox iPhone case, where mm-hmm. you're almost like, that's too much case. <laughs> it almost seems like you're overcompensating mm-hmm. for oh this my small, gosh. fragile phone. I don't use an iPhone. I can't. You know, I can't wrap my so, head around it. <laughs> we want to. We want to hear a little bit more about you as a person. You're you're seventy. Not to, I know you shouldn't bring up a, an author's age. Oh, I'm very proud of my age. I oh. have it on my website. That's cool. In what section? About me. And I love that section. <laughs> and also, uh, not to bring up your your about the author again. The where usually there's a portrait of the a picture of the author. It's just a birthday cake with a. Candles made out of uh, that say seventy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what else I love is in the there's a gallery section. I was like, what's mm-hmm. that going to be? And it's all pictures of horses. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be Google image search pictures of horses, not ones you know. Oh no, I've never owned horses. You know, I just think they're beautiful animals. So I love. You know, it calms me. And you know, I, I've got an intern, and, and you know, it's my niece, and she helps me. You know, to put together the the photos, and mm. so she'll go and she'll say, hey, you know, Aunt, Aunt Laurie, how's this look? And, you know, she'll lay it out for me and show me the little thumbnails of the horses. And as long as, you know, there's at least one Clydesdale in there, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So You got to hit that minimum. It's so fun. Clydesdales, it's, it's like they're wearing bell bottoms. It's like they're wearing bell bottoms. <laughs> and, you know, I just love those Budweiser commercials. I think they're so funny. Yes. Oh, I. What's funnier than a commercial? I don't. <laughs> I can't, I genuinely well, asking. Stitches I can't thinking about anything funnier than a commercial. I just, I, t- you know what? To make me laugh and then tell me what I need. Tell me what I need. And you know, the animals that they're using in commercials these days, it's really nice. You know, you look at the Coca-Cola polar bears and those yeah. are some really genuinely very beautiful animals. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And mm-hmm. they can turn a joke. And, yeah. you know, the physical comedy there, you know. Well, there is, there is storytelling in commercials. Yeah, there's fear. You're mm-hmm. invoking fear in the viewer. Then there's hope, desire, mm-hmm. desire, lust. Yeah, lust. And there's all the classics of storytelling mm-hmm. are yeah. in a good commercial. And now, horses, of course. And horses, mm-hmm. of courses. Now, Laura Lee. Is it okay if I call you Laura? Should it be Laura Lee? Laura Lee, please. Okay, Laura Lee. Every writer has a different origin story of how they first realized they were a writer and how they. Mm-hmm began to write uh for me i lost a bet <laughs> but how did you realize that you were an author now that's really interesting that's mm. a really interesting question i also lost a bet oh mm-hmm. i was now now and now you're gonna think this is very silly but my then boyfriend now husband charles charles and i were out beautiful tennessee night and we were out on chattanooga oh the Chattanooga. And I he, just saw the Chattanooga. Big, big rivers. A huge, a huge body of water. And pretty wet, too. I, <laughs> big fan, big fan of water. I like putting my hand in it. I like water. 
It's, so you and your then boyfriend Charles were on the Chattanooga, yes. on the ch- on the banks of the Chattanooga, and we, you know, he said, "I'm going to flip a coin." So mm. I guess it wasn't a bet so much as a wager, mm-hmm. like sure. a, you know, yeah, uh, a, a, day, a little a little dangle with fate, a game of chance, <laughs> a game of chance. He Ooh. said, "I've got this quarter in my," and this was, you know, this was in the days before they were putting all the states, you know, the state mm. birds and flowers on the quarters. This was back just when a plain, quarter meant something. A quarter yeah. meant something. Thank you. Yes, and a quarter was a quarter, and America was America. He yeah. he said, "I'll I'll bet you." If if this is a heads, you've got to submit that short story you've been writing to the local paper. Mm. You've got to see if they'll take it. And if it's a tails, you can continue to not submit it anywhere. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'll take you up on that, Charles. And he flipped and wouldn't you know it's heads. Wow. <laughs> and I said, and the rest is history. There was an immediate outcry from the town. Not one of, you know, they didn't love it. People were upset. Oh. oh, they were upset by the rawness of my first short story. Can was we ask all, yeah. what was the short story called and what was it about? Mm-hmm. The short story was called Dying to Live. And, wow. you know, I mean, it was about a young girl whose okay. eyes were blown out in a chemistry explosion. And <sighs> she, you know, had a terrible... A terrible thing befall her. Mm. Worse than that? No, that was... That was the terrible thing. Okay. The terrible thing that happened was the chemistry explosion. And after her (sighs) sight was taken from her... That's why I don't think they should teach science in school. Yeah. And I agree. They should (laughs) replace it with with handwriting. Even quiet time would be better than chemistry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, You know, because no one needs it. No. What you need is, you know, communication, the written word... Yeah. Hearts communing with other hearts. Yeah, what I need is my eyes still, thank you very much. It, well, yeah. exactly. And Maybe a Kama Sutra class. Oh, well, no. I'm very old-fashioned on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty new-fashioned in that I'm looking for a teacher um, to show me how to make sex better. So right now it's ruining my life. You know what? We're ruining. not here to talk about this. So No, I'm very happy to talk about it. You know, my husband and I have been married life. for, um, you know, almost almost half a century, if you think about it, in terms of centuries oh, versus years. Got married when you were 20? Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. That's very incredible. young. But that's how we did it back. You know, you boys yeah. don't know. Yeah. No. yeah. We used to do it like that. <laughs> I'm saving marriage for when I'm 53. And that's very sweet. I think that's sweet when people wait, when it they save something. themselves. You save yourself for marriage, mm-hmm. and the marriage mm-hmm. happens at 53. Mm-hmm. So your story's called Dying to Live, and the girl blows her eyes out and... In an, a chemistry explosion. That, that, that well doesn't her. kill her, though. No, she's still alive, but she's <laughs> sure. ugly, you know? And the fact is <laughs> that she's ugly. And, and again, I, you know, this is where I will get... In trouble with some listeners because I'm very old school. You know, I believe that women are meant to be beautiful and desirable and that men, you know, they see what they like and they and they go after it. And, you know, that's in our mm. DNA. We want we want to be taken as a writer, uh, as a male writer, as a straight white male writer. I find when I'm Your describing title just a, keeps expanding. <laughs> well, I've accumulated these titles over many years. Uh, I find that when I'm describing a, a female character in a book, first thing I got to do is describe her physicality, mm-hmm. hair, bosom, the, the sway of her walk. And I would agree. 
And I just and I can go on for a paragraph, even sometimes the entire book, without kind of talking about her wants, her wishes, her desires, her inner life, her thoughts, her hopes, her dreams. Just sort of stay on that, like, is she a blonde or a brunette? Mm-hmm. And what well, about so that much bosom? detail? You yes. know, there's so much you can learn about someone when you describe you just know, the their physical, physical shape attributes. of their body. Absolutely, it's important. I can, yeah, and I think that's such a. You know, when you when you say her eyes were blown out with a ke- mm-hmm. chemistry experiment, it's like, that. you know, me as the reader, I'm like, wait a minute, the eyes are gone. Mm. Like, and then, you know, my first question is like, am I still attracted to her? Right. And you're like, no, mm. she's ugly. Well, now. and that, you're you like, know, I'm like, OK, represents right. the central conflict of the story is that she's a high school girl who now has no eyes. Where once there were two. And yeah. so, you know, Laura to continue Lee, to be desirable and to find I, love in the face of that. Don't tell her. me Homecoming's about you. Yeah. And you right know on. that Homecoming oh, is about Oh, her. I have read this. And then, like, the jock, the jock takes her out uh, as a mm-hmm. joke. And then he goes to take off her sunglasses. And there's nothing But underneath. then there's no eyes. He's big, like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. big gaping yeah, ash holes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he does not realize that she's actually beautiful without her glasses. And, and but he puts them back on. By the end of the short story, yeah. he's coming around. Okay. He he's yeah. coming around yeah. on her. But, you know, it was called, you know, not progressive. It was called anti-feminist by, you know, a lot of people, even in my very conservative Tennessee town. So, you know, wow. I was hated. I was mocked. I was reviled. Even they were like, you should probably, you know, be you gotta, a little bit more. You got to stop calling her ugly. And I did. And I'm not afraid to use the word ugly. Yeah. That's because, you know, we've got to keep words. Words have meaning. Yeah, totally. That is. Yeah, that's intense that uh, people in your conservative town were calling you anti-feminist. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that there's nothing more important than freedom of speech. And when I find people out there who are trying to stifle it, mm-hmm. um, I get them fired from their jobs. Mm-hmm. I try to kind of get those words that they've said removed from the Internet or Twitter or, or the books that they've written. And then I try to get them kind of uh, isolated from society. Well, you know, I've been I've been very offended by that viewpoint in my lifetime. But, you know, I have a right to publish my my anti-feminist fiction in a town newspaper the same way that you have to, you know, ask about the Kama Sutra on the air. And that is just the beautiful nature of the country that we live in. It's freedom of speech. Absolutely. I love that. And my husband fought in Vietnam for that. Wow. That's so... (laughs) think that works <laughs> yeah i think that works um i he did so that wait, 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 let's just yeah no yeah, no i think it work. works that i think it work. works yeah so I think it works. you're you get this story published in the newspaper there's a lot of backlash mm-hmm. if i were you i'd have turned tail and probably become a vet oh god well i wish because as you know i love horses but it's a tremendous amount of schooling it's true to be a veterinarian, so I couldn't, you know, I had, I had my skill. My skill was the, my, my skill with the written word, yeah. my pen. Yeah. So well, I stayed, I doubled down mm. and I continued to publish in installments, several more stories that turned into, you know, short story collections. And then, uh, you know, eventually my first novel, uh, in the, in the local paper. And, what and was then the rest of the Was, was it dying to live turned into a novel? It was, you know what? A similar premise I borrowed from the short stories I I took them all out of the newspaper and I said okay I'm now I'm making these into a book sure and uh yes I called it dying to live the anthology wow um and then that was the one that famously had that second title it was dying to live the anthology or blown right out or blown right out <laughs> yes uh, 
that took the world by storm, and that's kind of what started this. Now, is it hard writing for young adults as you've gotten older? That's a great question. Thank I you. feel that it. Uh, Real, really I do have to done, work Thank you so much, harder mm. to keep in touch with the technologies. You know, I I recently wrote a an, a book that was all in email and texting format. And I did that as a challenge to myself to stay in touch with how young people today communicate with one another, which is, you know, very often not in person anymore. No, that's true. Kids, they don't want to they don't want to see each other. Mm -hmm. They just want to they want to tweet. Yeah, want to. Oh, I stay off Twitter. Yeah, they want to. What's what's like one of the new there's like a TikTok. I've actually just downloaded the app. I previously was just watching TikToks on Twitter and now I've downloaded the app and I've got to say. Big fan. I really like it, and I think the teens are creative and doing a lot of cool, interesting they things. They really are. And they that, have I endless reserves of I, creativity. I'm very excited for a time where I like a full sentence just won't make sense to me anymore. To hear something mm-hmm. like, I've been watching TikToks on Twitter, I feel like I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I I can barely understand if what's I going on. If I can do it, yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Okay. Young man. All right. All right. I wrote a novella all on my Instagram, because they say a picture's <gasps> worth a thousand words, and I've wrote, written over... I think 10 million words and pictures. Oh, it's not. I wouldn't say so. Basically, go to my Instagram, scroll through, and then basically you have have to kind of come up with the story that connects all the pictures. A lot of it is of my food or me on vacation. Um, Choose your own interesting places. (laughs) Look at us again. (laughs) Nobody tell Charles. I found a new suitor. Oh, (laughs) that would actually be huge for Colin. Oh, yeah. To have a love interest. Do you want to try to? seduce each of our guests and so far nobody's bitten in well, fact a number of people have bitten but not in the way of yeah it doesn't know. it doesn't help that i sit uh as far across the room as i can you yeah, have been yeah. shouting i noticed you yep. and i yeah. are sort of here yeah. right here eye mm-hmm. to eye yeah. colin is as far away as possible yeah. in the corner and it seems uh, like that seat could move if you wanted it to move closer well there's an electric I'm okay fence. i'm okay uh but uh, we've also established on this podcast that uh, I am a virgin. Yes, yeah. yes. We haven't talked about that in a couple in, hours. In a couple episodes, yeah. So that and is part of the character beautiful. that we've uh, decided. Uh, and uh, so I guess now we got to, I got to, that's just, yeah, that's my One character. One fun thing is that any episode you could come in and say, I did it, I finally had sex, but it hasn't happened yet. Nope. And I, I'm excited for the time where that becomes a part of this rich tapestry that we weave here at Literati. And me, unfortunately, I'm having sex so much that it's mm-hmm. numb down there. I heard it's ruining your life. Is it's that how it's my life. mentioned earlier? I'm feeling no connection and I have a screen that I'm watching. I'm watching uh, Frasier on my laptop. Uh-huh. My while having sex? my wife is watching a different screen. She's watching uh, Neon Evangel. Uh, oh no, what's funnier than that? <laughs> <laughs> She's watching Sailor Moon on Netflix on her mm-hmm. uh, iPad Mini, um, and so we're both watching our own thing. And, and you are mid mid coitus. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay, there are definitely uncanny. sparks happening. And it's not just the faulty forever dog mm-hmm. equipment. Yeah. And it, we're just not connecting. And I don't know. I, I said before that mm-hmm. I love rivers because they're so wet. And mm-hmm. I'm famously too wet. I get very sweaty oh. down there. I have what's called uh, a male moisture. <laughs> and <laughs> it means that there's. No friction. It's too slippery. Well, I don't know that there is. Is friction important? In yes. Intercourse? Without the friction, you don't get the grind. <laughs> 
So anyway, <laughs> this is just a brief look into how my sex life is ruined. So and again, this we probably shouldn't talk about this too much because this is a children's podcast. Or yeah. it's we been put we into were the accidentally put into the children's category of podcasts, and we, we haven't figured out. out how to get it. Oh, not, this is real. No, yes, no, yes no. this is real. Oh, this, this is, is yeah, this is real. Uh, do you think that there could be a story? Uh, oh, maybe uh, maybe Michael has terminal male moisture. Terminal male moisture yeah. could be too too wet. Too uh, yes, I could think too of a title lip. for it right now. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing watching her work. <laughs> her eyes are fluttering. It's like REM <laughs> sleep. Too wet to walk. Oh. I'm and in a wheelchair. You're in a wheelchair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I keep slipping out of my sneakers. Yeah. You're in a wheelchair. I would I wonder I've been criticized for my uh you know, my my um treatment of of uh of issues for the differently abled and you know that's a, I'm just old and you so I can sort of you know get away with it yeah. I do whatever I want and I don't have to learn because I'm I'm of that age you refuse to put uh, 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 wheelchair accessible ramps or anything of in my that nature in your stories and yeah. I yes yeah. because I came of uh, you know I came of age mm-hmm. in a time when you walked up the stairs you can't that use that That is very close-minded. That is very close-minded. Now, I have a question. I, I would love to see a sense of... I know all these books are, are wildly different, but they also kind of follow this pattern mm-hmm. of uh, a story that we can grasp onto. What's the process that you... When, when do you know, oh, this is a terminal illness I want to write about? And when mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is just fucking chicken pox. Right. It's a great question. For me, I never start with the illness. I start with the love story. And oh then I work my way backwards to an illness that works for what okay. the central How? character's, you know, flaws, wants, hopes are. Okay, so How step can I take one. away love from exactly. these teens? What true. disease will work best? Yeah. Okay, so start us off. Step one, you need a love story. What's that look like? You need a man and a woman. Sure. And I'm sorry, once again, to the people who say that I need to expand my horizons i write what i know and what i know is a man and a woman our listeners are going to love this what i know is a man and a woman (laughs) and so i start with you know typically i'll start with the female protagonist because that's the perspective i understand the most uh as a biological woman sounds like latin to me right well men are from, from mars and women are from venus it's true that is and actually are what I believe. Those, you know, Roman, Roman gods. Yep. So I start with the female protagonist, and then, you know, I create that character, and then I move on to the male love interest, or you know, the person she's she's hoping to woo, hoping will woo her, and then create that dynamic, and mm-hmm. then from there, I think, okay, what's the best way, right? Because as writers, we have to we have to cause our characters pain, or there's exactly. no growth. So I say, okay, well, what is it today? And I've got a little wheel that I spin. Mm. And it's, you know, I have my niece, who's my intern, you know, tape up a different malady, a different accident that could befall. Yes. And And I spin the wheel and I say, okay, what's it going to be? And if it doesn't work, I'll I'll give it another spin. What are some of these maladies? Like rock fall, boulder falls on leg? Boulder fall, carriage accident. Um, it's carriage accident is that for a period piece novel? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. and well, you most of them are set in the modern day, but occasionally I, you know, you I dally style. back into. And yeah, you yeah, did yeah. show us a, a picture of this uh, this wheel that you spin, mm-hmm. and one of the options is 
just about horses. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't find a malady and it lands on just about horses. Fall off a that, horse, kicked by a horse. Or that's just the book where yeah. they just ride horse. They mm-hmm. just ride the horse for yes. the whole time. Can Colin yeah. mm-hmm. and I pitch you some more maladies and you tell us whether or not they're good? Oh, I'd be very happy. I, You know, my I'm my mind is a sponge. Yeah, you okay. tell us if you could see a kid dying from mm-hmm. this. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to write these down. Bones fall out. Yes. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 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 cough up lungs and heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. That one works. Okay. Um, too smart to li- too smart for everybody. Too s- just they're too smart. Too smart to live. Super smart. Yes. Okay. Wow. I really wow. Okay. I didn't think that. There's one almost would nothing I'm I'm going to shut down. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. 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 Swallowed too many rocks. Yes. Yeah. In Tennessee, God, it happens yeah. once a week. That happens a lot. Yeah. The rocks down, down there look skipping yeah. rocks so on tasty. the lake yeah. and, Boop. you know. A dirt, uh, you get a dirt road and uh, mm-hmm. a car, a truck. I'm going to uh, take <laughs> my horse down to Old Town Road. Michael, we can't, we don't, we can't license this. I can't music. no more. Uh, I got another pitch. Allergic to water. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm adding these all to the wheel. I got the horses in the back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, 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 skin turned inside out somehow. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's possible. Yeah. Heart sucks. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, in so many words, that's, you know, that's heart disease. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know I was a medical doctor. I would, I would love to read that, that scene where the, the, the doctor enters and they're like flipping their, their pages on the clipboard. Uh, sorry, Tessa. Your heart sucks. <laughs> No, you know, I, I would finesse it. Oh, sure. And, oh, yeah, and, that would be, and that would be great, because then <gasps> when Tessa finds out that her heart sucks and she's dying from it, then McGrabagregan, or whatever yes. his name is, will be like, I feel like my heart sucks now that it's breaking because I'm losing oh. you. Mm-hmm. Does the male yeah. character ever die or suffer? Yes. There mm. is, um, I do have a story where the, um, the young male lead, it's a young man named Luke, and he... He has leukemia. <laughs> he was the, he was the first they named it after him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was this is another one of your period pieces. Mm-hmm. It's like so ironic. The first person ever to to get leukemia and they yeah. and you know his name is is spelled L E U K. Like pulling And so a that's Luke. where they that's what it's you know. Yeah. Fiction that fictional universe the disease is named after my character. <laughs> And that's a choice I get to make as a writer. And being a writer is so wonderful. Oh, it's the freaking best. I love it. I love telling people. I love, mostly I just love telling people that I'm a writer. You should see Colin at a party. He goes person to person. He doesn't even give them a chance to respond. Yeah. He's just like, hi, I'm Colin. I'm a very important writer. Yeah. Bye. There are too many pens in my breast pocket at all times. It's like splitting. I see. It's it's splitting the the peacock's tail. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they are, I do have like all the colors of the rainbow, all my pens. He's ruining his Topshop shirt. Yeah. Now, um, this sounds so exciting. We want to know what kind of advice you'd give for young writers who are hoping to forge a similar path. Mm. Spend a lot of time at the hospital. Oh. Sure. You've got to go. You've got to see wh- where people are hurting, how they're hurting. Conflict, right? Conflict. Writing's about conflict. You and- are not a writer until you've seen about a hundred people die in front of you. You're not a writer. Absolutely. I've always said that. Also, if you hang out at the hospital long enough, you're going to get a free shot. 
It's just a matter of time. Yeah. An inoculation? Yes. Or, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a nocturnal inoculation. <laughs> I've had several of those. So, um, we like to end with something that we call epilogues. Well, no, we don't. Or, wait, well, we, we haven't we figured it? out the title, but our listeners love it. Everybody loves it. The listeners do the it's called, podcast. No, no, network you're right. Does. You're right. It is called I think epilogues. It's called epilogues. Or, Footnotes is the other thing. Yeah. But our listeners, we can't Or we stress could do enough. shortest our best. Love it. What? Or we could do the other one, shortest, saddest. Mm. Let's do let's do the one that we just talked about for a minute. Yeah. So basically, in this, we let the readers in on a little tasty tease of what's to come, mm. the title of their next book, and the first line. And it's just a way to sort of say, hey, keep listening, and hey, go to your local Amazon.com and put this book on reserve. Mm-hmm. And we say, if you want to support the arts, if you want to support writers and independent booksellers, go to Amazon.com because you can get the best prices. Mm-hmm. And it's just the best way to sort of be part of the literary community so are you spent are you sponsored at all or that's just you uh no we got a couple sponsorship options um came to us but they were for real bad stuff Mm. yeah we got (laughs) glocks.com and they sent us an ad read and we just had to shoot off glocks the whole time so we passed on that and then well you know being from tennessee i'm a gun girl i love your guns and your horses Mm mm-hmm and what we also got uh, a potential sponsor from No Condoms, and it was <laughs> it's just yeah, there it was a lobby. Yeah, it's I it's guess a it's, it's not a product; it's it's more of a concept uh, that they're trying not to promote. Wearing condoms. No yeah. condoms, and we couldn't really yeah, support and that. And it's it's something like their their slogan was "Imagine a world with no condoms." <laughs> Boy, it feels, feels so good. good. It feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, something and, like that. Yeah, and then just Kevin Sorbo keeps trying to get ad time on here, and we don't. We're like, well, now we need something. So, um, we'll each give you the the title. Um, yeah. And Colin, did you want to start? Sure, I'd love to start. Now, uh, for any longtime listeners, they're probably catching on that all my new books have very uh, poetic sounding titles, and then long pauses while I try to think of whatever the first sentence is. Remember. Remember, yeah. So, because uh, we don't write on computers like Philistines. We write right. longhand no, cursive on parchment. No, and I, I will say that after we all do one, I think we should give the AI one more shot. Oh, yeah. First I, would, like, um, I actually have something you got something lined up. Okay, great. So, uh, so my book is called, my upcoming book is called A Dream Never Remembered. Mm. Uh, and the first line is, uh, he, uh, uh, <laughs> was frightened out of sleep. Uh, oh, just a bad dream. What was it about? I don't know. Back to bed. Wow. There you go. Yeah, wow. that's the first. That's and that's how it starts. It's We're starting, starting with, with an onomatopoeia. Yeah. Of, or so, you know, some <laughs> Oh. You should see how he spells yeah, it, too. Yeah, how do you spell? Uh, how do I spell auto- mm-hmm. uh, automatopoeia? I could just look at your paper. So it's, uh, yeah, so I, I spell it, uh, first of all, Ottawa. Uh, so I start with Ottawa. Uh-huh. And then uh, mono. And then peas. Oh, yeah. sure. So yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> yep, that's that's how it's spelled. That's, yeah. I love that. Okay, I'll go next. <clears throat> My upcoming novel is coming out in 2020. Mm. So get your eyes ready for that. And it's called A Big Bad Boy. 
crunch, crunch goes your bones, says the big bad boy as he stomps around the villa, pissed as can be. I'm coming to get you, and I'm not going to stop until I've done the dirty, dirty deed I came to do, which is to snap you in half, all of you, for I am bad, and I am big, and I'm also a motherfucking boy. Oh, this is an anti-hero. Yes, yes. Okay. he's a Walter White. Uh, <laughs> I love, uh, you know, I love that because the first sentence is so long. <laughs> it kind of reaches the point where you're like, where's this going? It, is it going anywhere? Nope. Oh, there it goes. Yeah. Well, you also, you want the first sentence to be very long. And then this way, all the other sentences that follow are sort of a breeze for the reader. You've earned Absolutely. it. Like, yeah, they're like, okay, this is, this is like... This is like skiing downhill after mm-hmm. after that first long uphill sentence. And a lot of people, when they're browsing, they're like, well, I'll just read the first sentence. So what I've been working on, and this is, I haven't talked about this before, I'm trying to do a whole book that's just one sentence. Because that way, if they're like, well, I'll just read the first sentence, then the, they'll have read the whole <laughs> and book. And then you've tricked them. I've tricked them. Okay, Laura Lee, um, your, up, your, your next book and the mm-hmm. first line. My uh, my next paperback, I publish only in paperback, uh, is titled Now I Lay Me Down to Die. <laughs> and uh, rough draft of the first sentence. Kevin stirred. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, that's and you incredible. don't you like to keep yours long. I you like to keep know, them short. You don't know, is that T? Is he nervous about something? Yes, well, t- you'll soon find that he's stirring from a six-month coma. He's coming. He's being revived, but... I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, I I put that first, that title, into the AI, and this is what it came up with. And it's short. Much shorter than the others. Now I lay me down to die. And I died, because I'm not the kind of man who dies to make his friends happy. So when I die... (laughs) So when I die, I'll take my love for granted. And I think if that isn't Whoa. an amazing version of one of your books, thank you to TalkToTransformer.com. TalkToTransformer.com. I've got to get my niece on that. It's pretty fantastic. I will say that I, uh, I'm i going to have to keep this in mind for our future epilogues. because It's a useful way to not have to think of something bad on the spot. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Laura Lee Desiree... Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Colin and Michael. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And And that's the end of that chapter. Um, But the the protagonist in this upcoming book isn't going to actually die, right? Because I've gotten pretty attached to them. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, Oh, God. Don't say it ain't so. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm. Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.